Hello and welcome to the Lazy Book Club podcast, the book club for those who don't want to read or leave the house. My name is Matt Gonzalez. Okay. David Cox. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. And I'm Josh Matheson. Oh, I love a Lulu entrance. Great entrance. Yeah. You know, when there's a there's something going in your head, you're like, this could, this, this, I don't know what's about to come out. Yeah. Probably one of the most iconic intros ever in a song, I think. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Has to be. Well, this week we are looking at chapter three of Treasure Island, which is The Black Spot. Indeed. Now, up to this point, we have met Bill... Bill Billy Bones. Billy him. Bones. But then, he, yeah, yeah. but then at one point he said, that's not my name. So I'm Yeah. Confused. But they call him the captain. So he's been hiding out at this inn and one of his old friends or apparent old friends, the Black Dog, turned up last week. They had a heated exchange and the captain ran him out of the pub and the black dog went running off. And then the captain seemed to have some kind of stroke or seizure or traumatic fainting episode. Something and like the that. doctor came and basically with terrible bedside manner went, yeah, he's going to die. I told him he was going to die. It's all his fault. He basically treated him like a radiator, didn't he? He did. I'll just put this key in (laughs) and it'll be right as rain tomorrow. You'll have heating throughout the house. Yeah. And what he he actually did was intentionally drain him of so much blood that he wouldn't be able to get out of bed for the next two weeks because he obviously just doesn't like him. And uh, that's where we've kind of left off, isn't it? The captain's in bed. Everybody's kind of happy that he's not shouting and getting drunk. And... We know that his old pirate buddies have found him. That's right. Or, well, apparent. That's what the apparent thing is. They may have found him. Well, we've got another little illustration before the start of the chapter. Oh, it's a pointed stick. It's a man, yeah, with a stick pointing. It looks like he's got a blindfold on. Is that a woman in the corner or is that just someone with long hair? No, I you think know, like in this time. Oh, it's doing a pinata. Fun. Is he like? Has he got his eyes covered? Is is this meant to yeah. be like a walking stick, like a blind man? I think it's a blind stick. man. Yeah, blind man. My guess uh, would be it's a blind man. He does look like he's kind of feeling around the room with his stick. He's not like using it under him. Do you know what I mean? Like to walk no. with. Oh, okay. Well, let's see. We'll find out. Chapter three. The Black Spot. About noon, I stopped at the captain's door with some cooling drinks and medicines. He was lying very much as we had left him, only a little higher, and he seemed both weak and excited. Jim, he said, you're the only one here that's worth anything. And you know, I've been always good to you. Never a month, but I've given you a silver fourpenny for yourself. And now you see me, mate. I'm pretty low and deserted by all. And Jim, you'll bring me one noggin of rum. Now won't you, matey? Ever the alcoholic. Like, it's not like, get me out of here. Not, you know, get rid of the people who are finding me or looking after me. Just just get me a drink. Get me a drink. I'll be fine. I'll, he'll say anything for a little uh, a little mm, noggin. That's definitely an alcoholic. Oh, I'm going to ask for a noggin. A noggin. A noggin. What do we have? Next, next time you're in the pub, just a noggin for me, please. Thanks. Well, on your noggins, normally like your head. So is that like a head-sized cup of rum? Good grief! That'd be quite a lot. <laughs> uh, that's quite. A lot. I was thinking it was a small measure. 
Well, they, well, normally it would be, but I mean, he is an alcoholic, so who knows? It's true. A small quantity of spirits. So isn't that something we've not... had before, where someone was like, "Oh, he had something as the size of a schoolboy's head, or something." It was. It was Did we? Thirty-nine steps. It was like another weird measurement that they gave. We should make a little list of obscure measurements. Yes, we should, for baking purposes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, almost, almost as sort of vague as a cup of. Chocolate yes. chip, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. A noggin of flour. Yeah, a schoolboy head of butter. Sorry, American listeners. It. Just, I'm sorry. It, it doesn't <laughs> make sense. It's confusing. It's got to be finite if you want to make mm, good yeah. food. Am That's I right? True. You know. Yes. The doctor. I began, but he broke in, cursing the doctor in a feeble voice, but heartily. Doctors is all swabs, he said, and that doctor there, why? What do we know about seafaring men? I've been in places hot as pitch and mates dropping round with yellow jack. And the blessed land a-heaving like the sea with earthquakes. What to the doctor know of lands like that? And I lived on rum, I tell you. It's been meat and drink and man and wife to me. And if I'm not to have my rum now... I'm a poor old hulk on a lee shore. My blood'll be on you, Jim, and that doctor swab. And he ran on again for a while with curses. Look, Jim, how my fingers fidges. He continued in a pleading tone. I can't keep them still, not I. I haven't had a drop this blessed day. That doctor's a fool, I tell you. If I don't have a dram of rum, Jim. I'll have the horrors. I seen some of them already. I seen old Flint in the corner there. Behind you, as plain as print, I seen him. And if I get the horrors, I'm a man that has lived rough. And I'll raise Cain. Your doctor himself said one glass wouldn't hurt me. I'll give you a golden guinea for a noggin, Jim. He was growing more and more excited, and this alarmed me, for my father, who was very low that day and needed quiet besides, I was reassured by the doctor's words, now quoted to me, and rather offended by the offer of a bribe. I want none of your money, said I, but what you owe of my father. I'll get you one glass and no more. When I brought it to him, he seized it greedily and drank it out. Aye, aye said he, that's some better, sure enough. And now, matey, did that doctor say how long I was to lie here in this old berth? A week at least, said I. Thunder! <laughs> A week! I can't do that! They'd have the black spot on me, but then the, the, the lubbers is going about to get the wind of me this blessed moment. Lubbers couldn't keep what they got and want to nail what is another's. Is that seemingly behaviour now, I want to know? But I'm a saving soul. I never wasted good money of mine, nor lost it neither. And I'll trick him again. I'm not afraid on him. I'll shake out another reef, matey, and daddle him again. As he was thus speaking, he had risen from bed with great difficulty, holding to my shoulder with a grip that almost made me cry out, and moving his legs like so much dead weight. 
His words, spirited as they were in meaning, contrasted sadly with the weakness of his voice in which they were uttered. He paused, when he had got into a sitting position on the edge. That doctor's done me, he murmured. My ears is singing. Let me back. Before I could do much to help him, he had fallen back again to his former place, where he lay for a while, silent. Jim, he said at length. You saw that seafaring man today? Black dog? I asked. Ah, black dog, says he. He's a bad un, but there's worse that put him on. Now, if I can't get away, no how, and they tip me the black spot, mind you, it's my old sea chest they're after. You get on a horse. You can, can't you? Well, then, you get on a horse and you go to... Well, yes, I will, to that eternal Dr. Swab and tell him to pipe all hands, magistrates and such, and he'll lay him aboard at the Admiral Benbow. All old Flint's crew, man and boy, all on him that's left. I was first mate, I was. Old Flint's first mate. And I'm the only one as knows the place. He gave it me at Savannah, when he lay a dying, like as if I was to now, you see. But you won't peach unless they get the black spot on me. Or unless you see that black dog again, or a seafaring man with one leg, Jim. Him above all. So he's saying he's he was the first mate of the ship. Captain Flint. Yeah, Captain of Flint. Captain Flint. Yeah. And that he's the only person who knows where something is. The yeah. chest. The captain's gone. This is where this is. Dead. Okay, now he's the only person. So you do think that's probably what they're on the run from? Because they're uh, after this sea chest or the treasure or whatever. I'm going to go out there on a limb. Um, it's 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 a bold claim, but I think <laughs> we might be talking about Treasure Island. Yeah. No, that's impossible. Well, yeah. I mean, where did that come you know? from? You pulled that out of the ether. <laughs> yeah, they need to build up to that. It could. This is this is the start mission. Is that the start mission? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a chest of rum. <laughs> <laughs> By the way he's going on about it, I wouldn't be surprised. He's proper going cold turkey, though, isn't he, the captain? He really he's, is. He's like... Cold sweat. Yeah. I also just love the fact that he just knows that the doctor's to blame. Like, even though he was passed out and didn't know, he knows that the doctor's done something yeah, to him yeah, that's yeah. made him, like, end up bedridden, which is just, it's just quite funny. It's just quite amusing. I hope <clears> we find out what this black spot means. I have a feeling, I think we're coming up to it now, aren't we? It seems like that's yeah. the next mm. bit of action to unfold. Crescendo. But what is the black spot, Captain? I asked. <laughs> that's a summons, mate. I'll tell you if they get that. But you keep your weather eye open, Jim, and I'll share with your equals upon my honour. He wandered a little longer, his voice growing weaker. But soon after I had given him his medicine, which he took like a child with the remark, if ever a seaman wanted drugs, it's me. <laughs> he, fell at... he fell at last into a heavy, swoon-like sleep in which I left him. What I should have done had all gone well, I do not know. 
probably I should have told the whole story to the doctor, for I was in mortal fear lest the captain should repent of his confessions and make an end of me. But as things fell out, my poor father died quite suddenly that evening, which put all other matters on one side. Yeah, fair. Our natural distress, the visits of the neighbours, the arranging of the funeral, and all the work of the inn to be carried on in the meanwhile, kept me so busy that I had scarcely time to think of the captain, far less to be afraid of him. He got downstairs next morning, to be sure, and had his meals as usual, though he ate little and had more, I am afraid, than his usual supply of rum, for he helped himself out of the bar, scowling <laughs> and blowing through his nose, and no one dared to cross him. On the night before the funeral, he was as drunk as ever, and it was shocking in that house of mourning to hear him singing away at his ugly old sea song. But weak as he was, we were all in the fear of death for him. And the doctor was suddenly taken up with a case many miles away, and was never near the house after my father's death. I have said the captain was weak, and indeed he seemed rather to grow weaker than regain his strength. He clambered up and down stairs, and went from the parlour to the bar and back again, and sometimes put his nose out of doors to smell the sea, holding on to the walls as he went for support, and breathing hard and fast like a man on a steep mountain. He never particularly addressed me, and it is my belief he had as good as forgotten his confidences, but his temper was more flighty and allowing for his bodily weakness more violent than ever. Is he still paying? I'm just a bit worried. I don't that, think he was ever like, paying, really, was he? I mean, really? I imagine he yeah. turned through his initial money a long time ago. He's not put his room against a card any time no. he gets rum. <laughs> he had an alarming way now, when he was drunk, of drawing his cutlass and laying it bare before him on the table. But with all that... He minded people less, and seemed shut up in his own thoughts and rather wandering. Once, for instance, to our extreme wonder, he piped up to a different air, a kind of country love song that he must have learned in his youth before he had begun to follow the sea. So things passed, until the day after the funeral, and about three o'clock of a bitter, foggy, frosty afternoon, I was standing at the door for a moment, full of sad thoughts about my father, when I saw someone drawing slowly near along the road. He was plainly blind, for he tapped hey. before him with a stick and wore a great green shade over his eyes and nose. And he was hunched, as if with age or weakness, and wore a huge old tattered sea cloak with a hood that made him appear positively deformed. I never saw in my life a more dreadful-looking figure. He stopped a little from the inn, and raising his voice in an odd sing-song, addressed the air in front of him. And then we need a voice for the, for the blind man. Can we Can do we... Frank Spencer? Who? Frank Spencer. Oh, Betty! Oh, oh Betty! I... Oh, I did that one. I just that, want it to be. Let's uh... carry on. Is it? No. Is that yeah, carry that's on? That's it. No, it's um. Some mothers do have them. Some mothers do have them. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Can you, you want make me to it... do an oh, oh, Betty? Oh, Betty! It's very, very worry the whole time. Yeah, but but like <laughs> a little bit of an old creak. 
when I cheered earlier about him being blind, it was about being right. I'm not cheering just because someone was. I blind. thought we were just being very supportive <laughs> of the blind. We've got a blind character. Yeah. <laughs> even that, he's just like, he was blind. He serves him right. <laughs> the horrible blind. <laughs> Will any kind friend inform a poor blind man who has lost his precious sight of his eyes in the gracious defence of his native country? England and God bless King George, where or in what part of this country he may now be. I just love that <laughs> he's like giving his life story. Like, just say, can anyone just let me know where I am? I'm blind. Like, yeah. I don't need to know how you lost your sight, or like, you don't have to bless the king. Just, just ask the question. You were at the Admiral Benbow. Black Hill Cove, my good man, said I. I hear a voice, said he. <laughs> yeah, someone's talking to you. Like, it's not... <laughs> Should be used to that by now. Apparition. <laughs> <laughs> a young voice. Will you give me your hand, my kind young friend, and lead me in? I held out my hand, and the horrible, soft-spoken, eyeless creature gripped it in a moment like a vice. I was so much startled that I struggled to withdraw, but the blind man pulled me close up to him with a single action of his arm. Now, boy, he said, take me in to the captain. Sir, said I, upon my word I dare not. Oh? Oh, he sneered. That's it. Take me in straight or I'll break your arm. Oh, wow. And he gave it, as he spoke, a wrench that made me cry out. Sir, said I, it is for yourself, I mean. The captain is not what he used to be. He sits with a drawn cutlass. Another gentleman. Come now. March interrupted he, and I never heard a voice so cruel and cold and ugly as that blind man's. It cowed me more than the pain, and I began to obey him at once, walking straight in at the door and towards the parlour, where our sick old buccaneer was sitting, dazed with rum. The blind man clung close to me, holding me in one iron fist, and leaning almost more of his weight on me than I could carry. Lead me straight up to him, and when I'm in view, cry out, he's a friend for you, Bill. If you don't, I'll do this. And with that, he gave me a twitch that I thought would have me faint. Between this and that, I was so utterly terrified of the blind beggar that I forgot my terror of the captain, and as I opened the parlour door, cried out the words he had ordered in a trembling voice. The poor captain raised his eyes, and at one look the rum went out of him and left him staring sober. <laughs> does that mean he threw up everywhere, or does that mean that he suddenly just sobered up? <laughs> no, I think it's, you know, that, that one of those sobering moments when you're a little oh, bit okay. tipsy, and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm okay now. Right. You I just realise you've lost like, your bank card or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and all of a oh, sudden. Okay. Yeah. Which has never happened to me. I think it would be funnier if he took Abroad. one look at him and just hurled everywhere. 
That would so be I brought a friend head. to you. Who is it? <laughs> <laughs> the expression of his face was not so much of terror as of mortal sickness. He made a movement to rise, but I do not believe he had enough force left in his body. Now, Bill, sit where you are, said the beggar. If I can't see, I can hear a finger stirring. Business is business. Hold out your left hand. Boy, take his left hand by the wrist and bring it near to my right. We both obeyed him to the letter, and I saw him pass something from the hollow of the hand that held his stick into the palm of the captain's which closed upon it instantly. And now that's done, said the blind man, and at the words he suddenly left hold of me, and with incredible accuracy and nimbleness, skipped out of the parlour and into the road, where, as <laughs> I still stood motionless, I could hear his stick go tap, tap, tapping into the distance. <laughs> Is that where he would have a tap number, just going to like off down the street? This would chim chimney, chim chimney. Yeah. <laughs> I just love how it's just the, the sudden change, just like all serious, all business. Right, that's done. Okay, right. See you later, guys. Bye. Business with you. Bye. <laughs> Maybe he's just an actor. It. Yeah, yeah. You can imagine he then goes like he goes goes a few streets down and then gets turns around the corner and then adopts the same old position. Yeah. Again. <laughs> no, I, I, honestly, I think I think, I think he's I think he's a service. You just go like, hi. What would you like? Um, I would like a Valentine's message delivered to my partner. Okay, and then he just turns up and he's like, I would like. <laughs> then he does that. He's like, hi. I need some foreboding message i need someone scared right. <coughs> by a hag <laughs> and then he just turns into this thing he's got a bag full of costumes trying to think what else he could do and then and then to earn a bit more money he just does the hermes driver and he just leaves it in uncompromising positions and takes photos of it is yeah. this just the um really early version of being served you know like when people get served subpoenas and stuff like that and they people like <laughs> pretend to be other people in order to get close to the person like you just got served I, i'm yeah. guessing it's like the pirate equivalent of that yeah that's it it's a gram a kiss of gram it was some time before either i or the captain seemed to gather our senses but at length and about at the same moment i released his wrist which i was still holding Awkward. And he drew in his hand and looked sharply into the palm. Ten o'clock, he cried. Six hours. We'll do them yet. And he sprang to his feet. Even as he did so, he reeled, put his hand to his throat, stood swaying for a moment, and then, with a peculiar sound, fell from his whole height, face foremost on the floor. Ooh. I ran to him at once, calling to my mother. But haste was all in vain. The captain had been struck dead by thundering apoplexy. It's a curious thing to understand, for I had certainly never liked the man, though of late I had begun to pity him. But as soon as I saw that he was dead, I burst into a flood of tears. It was the second death I had known, and the sorrow of the first was still fresh in my heart. End of chapter. I thought the Black Death was like, oh no, the Black, Black Death. Spot. Sorry, the Black Spot was like Black Death thing was worse. Of like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was like we're gonna come for you. 
Well, I think like, that's what they seemed... put in his hand. Yeah, but he just seemed to die straight away. I was like, is this some kind yeah, of like I think, is viral that, uh... weapon or something? No, I think it's a bit of a Anthrax. self-fulfilling prophecy, yeah. isn't it? Like, if you've got this, because pi- pirates are famously superstitious, aren't they? So mm. if you've got the superstition that if you're given the black spot, you'll your Dying. death's coming for you, then yeah. you He's might all... just give up the ghost. They've set up that he's already weak and ill because yeah. alcohol and not much blood. Yeah. So a bit of Fair. a bit of a a bit of a shock might put you over the edge. Yeah. I don't know. But it looked like he was right ready to fight. He's like going ten o'clock, right, six hours, we'll do them yet. Like so he's obviously gone, right, the black spot means I've got six hours until they come for me. I'm gonna rally and go out on my feet fighting and then he just fell over dead. Yeah. It's too much excitement for him. I mean the doctor did say more rum mm. is gonna kill you. Yeah. It's almost like this guy had a biological weapon on him or something, and he just shook hands with him and poisoned him at the same time. <gasps> oh, it, they did. They did a um, Livinenko, didn't they, with the umbrella? <laughs> yeah, <it was> <laughs> uh, like, that's what happened. Josh looks really confused. What? That's how the Salisbury remember, murder. Liv- no, oh, no, 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 that was sure. a different one. Alex that was a different Alexander Livinenko got um, he got horrendous. stabbed with an umbrella, and they, they the with polonium poisoned him. Yeah, he basically got like Allah. If you've ever seen Chernobyl, got um, yeah. But the other one away. was the other one that happened in Salisbury was also Russia was perfume, as well, wasn't it? it? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And and they perfumed like the person, and and then they threw it in the bin, and then some wander pastor found it, it, and they ended up dying as well. Like it's just it's shocking work, really. Russia, mm. sort it out. Come on. Right, so we've got the captain dead, but obviously the pirates don't know that. So the pirates are probably still going to turn up at the Bembo Inn and. Come looking for him, I'm guessing, right? People people are coming. People are They know they're there. I just I do you know I'm really disappointed at. I'm what? just disappointed at that that Jim said you're at the Admiral Bembo, because I just wanted to know a world where uh, this would be this would be what Monty Python did, where the <laughs> the blind guy got the wrong pub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like <laughs> like, like, you know some random guy. If I was gonna do my own version Maybe yeah. a bit like a bit like play the play that goes wrong or something. That's Strong. what I would do. Yeah, Give it to Treasure Island. Goes and wrong. then it's like some guy called Alan has just gotten completely like wrapped up in this pirate world, and all he was doing was down the oh, supporting you know, Arsenal. I did. That. <laughs> I, did that. I know it's, 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 it's going off a bit. I did that in a play once. So like I was, um, there was a show on at the Lost Theatre in Vauxhall. Yeah, near there, is, yeah. and two people were sick and sort of called me. It was like, you know the show, don't you? You've been to see it a few times because it was some pals from college. Because that constitutes like, yeah. knowing it. Um, <laughs> well, honestly, yeah, I, I did like a two hour rehearsal just to learn some of like the harmonies and stuff. Um, it wasn't like a big part and it's I, I think they managed to sort of cover it in other places, but there was other bits they couldn't do. And one of the parts that no one else could do was I had to play, um, so it was a World War II drama and I del- it was a really poignant moment because I delivered a message from the, the battleground that their husband had died. So all I had to do, and I had to, I, I'd say, I can't remember, let's, let's imagine she was called Mr. S- Mrs. Stevenson. And I said, walk on, it's really, really poignant. And they come on. And I think the audience know up to this point, it's that sort of like, but she's the only one that doesn't know. And they're in this like village hall. I walk up and I gave it to the wrong woman. <laughs> 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 
Because <laughs> I thought oh, the woman like, thank you, you but that's that his wife over there. <laughs> Finley hadn't rehearsed that part, and it's, and they were like, "Oh yes, yeah, yeah you got to do the letter. You know what you do." It. Yeah, it says you go on and you give it, you give it to her. And I was like, oh, "It's um, it's Robin, isn't it? Robin is, Robin's Mrs. Stevenson." That's amazing. Oh, all, but it was, it was, it was like, it was like a no, no. They didn't know, okay. but like I literally saw them on stage, and I and I just turned and went to the other person. And I went, um, Mrs. Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> and I could see like everyone because it was such a point of moment, but I'd be see everyone else just going mm. everyone's shoulders start going and yeah. like trying to hold it in. That's brilliant. Because in fairness, we hadn't rehearsed it and like I was just like, hang on, which one's that? Because I'm just like I don't know, I'm just getting the surname here. It's yeah, all these yeah, little sure. things that always get missed when you get someone thrown in. It's never the big things that go wrong in a theatre show. It's always the little things. I was like, no one actually told me that I meant to go from that slat rather than that one. Or yeah, nobody yeah. told me that the ring is in this place on the prop table. Or do you know what I mean? It's like it was always the little things that fall through the gap. That's so good. Oh Well, is it time to play the game? I mean, I think it's probably a good time to play the game. The game being... Guess what? The next chapter's called. And it's definitely David. I remember going first last time. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, if the, so, I'm always on odd number. If it just in case we're like, ah, that's, yeah, that's, a, that's go. a good way of remembering. So, if it's odd, it's me because I'm the oddest. <laughs> uh-huh. um, the next chapter is called mm-hmm. "A Knock on the Door." <gasps> oh, that sounds like it should be a chapter mm-hmm. title in this book. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna go for because obviously there's a lot of unanswered questions have been left and the captain's now dead and Jim and his mum probably want answers so I'm okay. gonna go with like opening Billy's chest <laughs> yeah like not his Good. actual chest like the treasure chest <laughs> Billy's chest like Billy's yeah. chest could okay. you imagine like they don't just cut him open I mean like physically opening the chair like they're gonna rifle through his things we're just being facetious okay yeah, i know i just it's the way you said it was a little bit suggestive and i enjoyed well, it it's like, well, having having a good old snoop good well were i to be in the habit of dishing out points which i'm mm-hmm. not i'd probably throw some at your in, in your direction matt because chapter oh, really? four is entitled the sea chest yeah oh, that would be if we were doing pinocchio points i think that would be like 0.8 or something yeah, it'd be pretty close if I was doing basically yeah. a million points. Yeah. Would you know why? I think because unlike that book, actually the the chapters kind of give you a a desire to read the next chapter because it's like, oh, that's going to happen, rather than mm-hmm. just like tell you everything's going to happen. It's a yeah, Pinocchio chapters were bonkers, whereas these at least have got some somewhat yeah. logic, logical. And so I promise, still... I did not look at the chapter ahead. I just kind of literally thought, if I was in Jim's position and this yeah. guy had died, what would I do? I would totally go through his things. All right. I would. Yeah. Well, also, if he knows you money as well, you'd be like, well, let's see if he's got any valuables hidden because let's face it, he's got a massive bar bill that needs paying. Let's shake him down for all his work. Exactly. Exactly that. That was my logic. Oh, okay. <laughs> the sea chest. Nice. I look forward to hearing that. So if you've got any thoughts or opinions on this chapter, you can message us on thelazybookclub at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to suggest ways that you could deliver news in a fun and inventive way <laughs> via the medium of posts, you can do so at Twitter and our 
handle as it is ever was and ever was and ever would be is at Lazy Book Club Pod. <laughs> what? Okay, good. Yeah. So, um, I'd love I'd love somebody in in the same uh, sort of style as the uh, liney illustrations in this book to draw a picture of David giving the message to the wrong Mrs. Stephen. Post it on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> We're also on Patreon. We're for the very small fee of $3 a month. You get an extra episode as well as access to the videos where you'll get to see those illustrations as well. Mm. So on the next episode, we will be reading chapter four, The Sea Chest. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.